0: So here's what was coming to me as we were worshiping together is that a lot of us have had um, messages coming into our living room through news outlets and through media and you know it's good that we are being informed it's important that we are listening to wisdom but what God was showing me is as we were worshiping together how that worship was being released into every home and we are hearing a lot there's a lot of words being spoken there's life and death and the power of the tongue and when we're watching the news and we're hearing the latest on the updates on the spread of the virus there's all of those words that are being spoken into our home and into our ears and into our children's ears and what we just did right there is we filled our homes with the worship of God. We filled our homes with the praise of God. We filled our homes with power. We filled our homes with promise. We filled our homes with praise. And when we do that, the word of God is more powerful than any other word that is spoken. So what you just did is you infuse the environment that you're in. Wherever you are, you just infuse that environment with the promises and the covenant of God. Your covenant with God is more power than any other thing on the face of this earth. And when we put our faith in that word, in those in those promises that God has given to us, there is no other word that is spoken that can be more powerful than that. And God, I just thank you right now for every household, for every um, apartment, for every farm, for every ranch, for every arena that is watching right now. And Father, we release the words of those praise. God, that you are good and that you're never going to let us down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take those words and we release those words into action in our homes, in our families, on the inside. If you are sitting with your family, Right now, I want you to, you know, just put your hand on each other. If you are watching by yourself right now, just put your hands on your heart, on your belly, whatever. And Father, we just release the power of those words into the atmosphere right now. We release the power of those words in our physical bodies. We take those words and we release them in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind, in our will, in our emotions, and in our physical bodies right now. And we say that those words that we are just singing, that God is good and that He's in. Never going to let us down. Father, we declare that those words are more powerful than any other words that have been spoken over the last two weeks, over our lifetime. Any Any fear, any doubt, any worry that's been spoken in our lifetime, God, those words that you are declaring over us right now, we agree with those words. We agree with your word over us. And we say that those words are powerful. And we agree with those words. We agree with what you say over us, Father. And if you agree, then I want you to say right now, amen. I agree and I take it. It is mine in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Well, We're going to get ready to transition here, so if you don't have a notebook, grab a notebook. If you don't have your Bible, get your Bible, because we're going to be going to some really important scriptures, and you're going to want to be able to stand on these for the rest of the week and for the days coming. So let's make a quick transition here really quick. So we're going to do this. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Oh. Can you hand me that? This is very important. You forgot. Yeah, there we go. This is very important. We have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Dutch Bros, we are on it today. I'm telling you what. You guys have your coffee with you this morning? I'm sure that everybody from the hospitality team is like, Okay, I made um, 100 cups of coffee, and there's only two people in my house, so what am I going to do with all of this coffee? You post it on Facebook, and I'm sure there'll be people over to drink coffee with you this morning, right?
1: Free free coffee. Yes,
0: yes. So for those of you that don't know, this is Josh Schmidt, and he is joining me this morning. Um, We have... uh, very small peanut gallery (laughs) (laughs) that's joining us, essential personnel, I guess you could say, but uh, we just have a really small group of people here in the auditorium, and Josh and his wife Nicole are um, our gen now, our high school and junior high uh, leads, and they have an amazing team of people that serve every week that minister to our high school and junior high kids you guys have a powerful team of people
1: we do our, t- our team's awesome they let us run they get to run uh, but they're always there and they're just there for relationships with your kids and constantly growing but it's it's awesome to see the passion in our leadership team that gets to impart to the kids and know it's not just on our plates to do it so it's right. really cool
0: Man, you guys... Okay, so we've got a really, really cool opportunity coming up, so stay tuned. That's one of the reasons why Josh is up here. That and... We just love Josh, so, and he brought me um, Dutch prose this morning, so, you know, that, you can't, you can't go wrong, so.
1: <laughs> browning points, brownie points, that's where you can get right. it.
0: right, <laughs> that's right, so, everybody, I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning, like I said, we're gonna go to some important scriptures, and I don't know if you guys can see this or not, this is a Bible that I have had for a long time. It's um, an amplified Bible. I actually brought, it's a two Bible message today, Josh. I brought another Bible with me because anyone who knows me knows that I have my favorite translation, the passion translation. So if there are two things about me that I think two words would describe me, amplified and passionate, that's... (laughs)
1: Those are, those are like for that's you. Two, that's perfect. That's
0: two things that were pretty well described right there. So anyway, we're going to get to the passion translation here in a little bit, but I want to start out this morning. Um, when I say get your Bibles, I say, because I have like, I love post-it notes. I wish that I would have invented post-it notes because I think they are like one of the most fabulous things. I put post-it notes in my Bible. I highlight my Bible. I write in my Bible. It is, it's colorful. <laughs> it's colorful. You know why? Because I might not remember, like I'm I might not remember the exact address, the name, and the number of where the scripture is, but I will remember. Okay, I know it's on the left-hand side in the left column, and it's highlighted in in green.
1: That that takes a lot of <laughs> options out. There's green and blue. I know, and right?
0: Pink. Green, green. <laughs> I color code my Bible. So this here, just really quickly, I color code my Bible. I highlight scriptures. Green is for instruction, like. God, you know, when he's speaking, live like this, this is how I want you to live. So I highlight that in green. And then um, blessings are in yellow. You can highlight it in any color you want too, but that's, that's what I do. It helps me. And pink is has to do with, um, <clears throat> salvation and the words of Jesus. Are you yawning already? No. Okay. No, a deep <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Um, and then orange, I use, uh, orange for, um, prophetic words for prophecy. That's and great. then I use purple for promises about prosperity and God's provision for me and for my family and for my church.
1: So instead of a shortage on toilet paper, we're now going to have a shortage on highlighters.
0: Okay, there you go. Everybody run out and get highlighters. (laughs) So anyway, um, that is just a little quick little Bible study lesson for you this morning. And uh, so with that, I want to jump into today's word because uh, this is a word that... I had jotted down in a notebook for an idea to minister, and I didn't really know when we were gonna do that. I wasn't really sure when God would say, now's the time for that word. And as this week was progressing and we were approaching the weekend, I was like, this is the time. And I talked to Darren about it. And Darren said, I believe that that is a now word. So this morning is a now word for you and for our household, for our church. I believe it's a now word actually for our nation. I don't know where everybody's going to be watching from, but anyway, we're going to go with that. So um, at the beginning of 2020, I don't know if you, I know you remember this. Yeah. You were here yeah. at the beginning of 2020. God spoke to me. I like to pray and I like to ask him, what is, what is your word? What are you focusing on God? What are you wanting us to focus on in the coming year? And what I felt God saying was that we need to be giving him our chronos to be in line and to be in position for the Kairos. And what God was showing me with that is that we need to give him our measured time. We need to give him our hours, our weeks, our months, and be asking God, Lord, what are you wanting to fill my calendar with? What are you wanting to fill my day with? What are you wanting me to give my time to? And as we are conscious of giving God our time, that he's going to position us for the Kairos moments, the divine appointments, a Kairos moment is um, a word that means that it is a divine appointment it 's you being in the right place at the right time to step into god 's divine moment for you at that perfect time and you know being you 're a husband you 're a dad, you work a full time job, and you are um, <clears throat> you 're a Minister here at the Church, and you know that that is not always easy right right giving it's, God your chronos
1: it, it takes a lot and it's it 's a priority um, and figuring out really what that 's like to to manage that and what that 's like to lay it out and and understand the difference and You did such a good job presenting a difference of oh. of what that was that i didn 't realize there was two different types of time, so that that really helped
0: yes, so as we 're giving God our chronos we 're going to be in position for the Kairos. And so here is one of the things that I want you to write down is that desperate times and difficult situations are perfect opportunities for divine moments. Difficult situations and desperate times are the perfect opportunity to put us in place for a kairos moment. And what we are facing right now, I don't know about you guys, but I've never lived through something that is called a global pandemic. Those words, those, I don't even know how to spell that. Those yes. are scary words. That is really intimidating. And so when we hear those words, those words, just that alone can incite desperation right that and and and, hey can i say that global pandemic and not being able to get toilet paper
1: yeah that's a big deal
0: that that is desperate times difficult situations that's
1: that's that's not even that's not even a side effect but we won't go there (laughs) i don't get it
0: anyway desperate times and difficult situations are perfect opportunities for divine kairos moments so we see when you uh, get into your Bible, you see that throughout the scriptures, you can see where there were difficult times and desperate situations. And that is when God came in and totally changed the, the landscape. He changed everything. So you see that in history, we see that. So um, some of my favorite Movies are actually movies where the main character, the person that we are really rooting for, is in a desperate time and a difficult situation and they are facing a bully. How yeah. many of you, how many, how many, have you ever been bullied, Josh?
1: Yeah, by our high school kids.
0: I, okay, let's just take a moment. You've been bullied by the high school by, kids. Yeah. And why?
1: For wearing dad shoes. Dad that,
0: shoes. So, it's can you just lift your feet up here for just a moment for all the high school kids? We want here, turn them sideways so that the kids can see. These are most definitely not dad shoes. or they're dad shoes that are the coolest dad shoes ever. That's you just right. changed you just changed the landscape of dad shoes. That's right. Right there. That was a moment that we had right there.
1: I guess I guess ASICs are no longer cool. <laughs> they're valuable <laughs> and they're great for what they are used for. Right. But yeah. they're dad shoes, so we're upgrading the dad shoe game. <laughs>
0: So you're not going to be bullied about your shoes anymore, right? As a grown
1: man, that's right. You are a grown man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some of my favorite movies where this person, this character, is rising up. One of my favorites is the moment where Jenny yells. Run, Forrest, run, yeah. right? And Forrest takes off running and the braces break <laughs> off of his legs. And Forrest finds that that is a gift that God has given him. And he he totally, like the bullies are all left with their mouths hanging open because right. Forrest just takes off into one of the purposes that he has. And another one of my favorite movies is um, Home Alone when Kevin oh, yeah. is home by himself. Okay, that's bad parenting right there. Anyway. Kevin is home by himself and the robbers are trying to break in. And it's that moment where Kevin sets up all of these traps and the robbers, the bullies are completely defeated. And Kevin makes a fool out of them. Another one, because I'm a girl, I have to mention this for all of my sisters out there and all of the little girls watching Cinderella. I think that is a great story of defeating a bully. And that moment when Cinderella puts her foot in the glass zipper and shuts the mouth of her wicked stepmother and her ridiculous sisters, right? It's yeah. the moment where she shuts the mouth of the bully just by putting on a pair of good shoes. Remember that. You should write that down too. But one of my all time favorites, well do you have do you have a, a favorite? Movie with a bully?
1: I think a couple that come to mind is, is the movie Wonder with the little boy that has to wear the space mask because he gets made fun of because he's had a bunch of surgeries. Right. But then Karate Kid, like, he learned what that was, and at the end, they both they both defeat that bully. That's and they so both good. grow from that, so it's pretty cool.
0: Right, Mr. the Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Do the post. Do, do it for, no, just wax kidding.
1: on, wax off. <laughs> right. I can't, I can't do it together, <laughs> do, but... do
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Separate. That's separate. right,
0: that's right. One of my favorite movies with a bully, and I think it's because it's my husband's favorite, it's a tradition every year we watch Christmas Story probably four <laughs> or five times that day, And there is a bully in the movie. His name is Scud Farkas. Like... I feel like with a name like that you're set up to be a kid with problems, right? Yes. So yes. this kid <laughs> is such a bully and Ralphie our our main character, our one that we're rooting for. All Ralphie wants is a Red Ryder BB gun. I don't do you even know what this movie is cuz yeah. I don't know if no, it was made before uh, yeah, your time. It was it
1: was made before my time, but I know what it is. Okay, yeah. you know
0: okay, so you know <laughs> that all Ralphie is wanting is a Red Ryder BB gun and Scott Farkas waits until Ralphie is in the alley, he waits till He's on the backside of a building and he's by himself. And this is when Scott attacks and he's always bullying Ralphie. And we feel so bad for Ralphie. (laughs) And it's just, it's a terrible situation. It was a desperate time and it was a difficult situation (laughs) for Ralphie because he's being bullied all the time by Scott Farkas. So um, one of the scriptures that is my go-to In a desperate time, in a difficult situation, the thing that I love about all of these movies that we just talked about is there is a moment in these movies where that character rises up, where Ralphie rises up and he decides, I'm not going to let Scud Like, push me around anymore. He just, he comes up and he says, I'm tired of this situation. I'm done with being pushed around. I'm done being beaten down. I'm done being told that I'm nothing. I'm done being intimidated. And when Ralphie rises up into that, he, like, he goes at Scott and he takes him down (laughs) and he beats the wham out of him. And in our gym, when we're working out, we have these things, these pads that we have on the ground and we get down on these pads and we just pound these pads and you throw elbows at them. And our coach always says, go Ralphie, go Ralphie on that ground and pound. And so that's that's, good. Yeah. So that I relate. I relate with that. One of my favorite scriptures in dealing with a bully, because a bully tries to dominate us with fear. That's very simply what a bully is doing. And one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. And it starts out in 6 and it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What he's saying there is he's saying, I'm reminding you to stir up the gift. He's saying it's in there, but I'm reminding you that it's in there because it's important that you stir that gift up that's on the inside of you, especially when a bully is trying to bring fear. To you. So he says, yeah. stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you through the laying on of my hands. And this is a scripture that I taught my kids that any time that they were having night terrors, any time that they were facing any kind of difficult situation, my children could repeat this scripture back to me. And it's 1 Timothy uh, 1 verse 7. And it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. This is so good because it's that moment where we realize that worry, anxiety, and fear are not from God. So anytime that we are feeling that anxiety, when we, when you, you know what it is. Like when you're sitting in your car, it could be anywhere where that happens. And all of a sudden your chest starts getting tight. You kind of feel like a shortness of breath and you just get really uptight. You maybe feel your pulse racing a little bit, you know, and it's that moment where you feel the anxiety. You feel the worry. You feel the stress. You feel the weight coming in. And God is saying, I'm reminding you that that is not from me. So if you are feeling those things, if that is happening, it's a physical response to fear. And if you're feeling that in your body, God is saying, that's not from me. And I want to give you an outline. I want to give you a defined line so that you know, when you're experiencing this, this is not from me because I have given you power and love and a sound mind right that's so good so when we take that that creates a shift he's saying i'm not giving you fear yeah. i'm shifting you to power and love and a sound mind and i want to show you that when that happens that's a kairos moment When you shift from that posture of fear, when you shift from that place of anxiety, Mm -hmm. when you shift from the worry over the coronavirus, when you shift from being consumed with, how do I protect my family, over into the power and love and sound mind, that's a divine moment that God comes in and he shifts the storyline and he changes it and reminds you, I'm here. And so I wanna take a look at one particular story. There's so many that it was really kinda hard for me To choose okay, which one do we look at, and i 'm sure you probably have like yeah. stories running through your head, but I wanted to look at one in particular out of second chronicles, and um, <clears throat> I have to say that I got into reading first and second chronicles, first and second kings, and it just ignited me. I love reading those accounts in history of things that people went through and how God brought them through those things. And it's just, it's a wonderful, it's a history book and it's, it's great. So if you've never, if you've never read that before. So what I want to focus in on in 2 Chronicles, some of you are going back in your Bible and peeling apart pages that have never been <laughs> peeled apart before, but we're going to 2 Chronicles in chapter 32 And um, where I want to jump in is where Hezekiah has become king. So Hezekiah was the son of a faithless king. He was a bad dude. The scripture records about how bad he was and um, the things that he did. He actually shut the doors of the temple and prohibited any kind of worship of God. So this is the father that Hezekiah had. So Hezekiah is coming behind him. And when his father dies, then Hezekiah steps into kingship. And he stepped in as king when he was 25 years old. And he reigned over Jerusalem for 29 years. And there's a lot of things that Hezekiah did that the scripture records that he's really an amazing person to read about in history. And um, in 2 Chronicles 29, it says that Hezekiah sets God, ha- um, in chapter 29, Second 2 Chronicles chapter 29, you can read about how Hezekiah established the temple. He reopened the doors of the temple and he set everything in order and he reestablished worship in Jerusalem. And the scripture actually records and says that it was the best time and it was the greatest worship that had happened in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon. So that is saying a lot about Hezekiah and during that time it goes on in chapter 31 and it says because there was so much praise and there was uh, so much worship happening that the people started to prosper that there was so much prosperity among the people and as people were bringing their gifts and their offerings and their tithes to the storehouse that hezekiah actually had to order that there would be additional rooms built to hold all of the prosperity and all of the gifts Come and on. the offerings that were being brought to the temple. And this started with Hezekiah reestablishing worship and praise with the people. So things were going really great in Jerusalem. And it says in verse 21, 2 Chronicles 31, 21, it says, every work Hezekiah did, he followed God's ways and sought him with all his heart and he prospered. So as we see Hezekiah just following God and seeking his His direction, seeking God for wisdom, that everything that Hezekiah put his hands to prospered so much so that there was such an overflow that they had to like, what are we going to do with all of this? I think that's a good word for any of us today, right? Absolutely. So here's the deal is when everybody is doing good, all of Jerusalem is doing well. All they want is a red rider BB gun. Scud Farkas rises up and here's what happens is (laughs) this king Sennacherib King Sennacherib, I had to look that up, how to pronounce that. And so, because it's a really strange word, I'm just, it's a strange name. Aren't you glad you weren't named that? Can you imagine filling that out on a bubble sheet at school? King Sennacherib. He was the king of Assyria. And during the time when everything is going great in Jerusalem, King Sennacherib decides to attack Jerusalem and he wants to take Jerusalem. So, he is the Scud Farkas of 2 Corinthians 32. He's coming in to be a bully.
1: His name's similar.
0: It is similar. So (laughs) King Scudfarkas, this is what we're going to go with. The king of Assyria comes in to attack in 2 Chronicles. And I want to read this uh, section of scripture to you because this is a perfect outline of a bully. Okay, so 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and I'm going to start in verse 13. It says this, and this is um, uh, this is King Scott Farkas speaking to the people in Jerusalem. And he's, he's talking through letters and he's intimidating the people. And he says, do you not know what I, King Scutfarkas, what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hand? who among all the gods of those nations that my father's utterly destroyed was able to deliver his people out of my hand, that your God, he's talking to Hezekiah. He's saying that your God should be able to deliver you out of my hand. He's saying nobody else's God could deliver them. So what makes you think that your God is going to be able to deliver you? Verse 15. So now, Do not let Hezekiah deceive or mislead you in this way. He's speaking to all the people of Jerusalem, big, big scudfarkas bully. So he says, (laughs) do not let Hezekiah deceive or mislead you in this way. And do not believe him for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you out of my hand? And his servants said, still more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. You know what? It's like, this is just like saying, we have no cure for the coronavirus. We don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. We, don't have a, we don't have a handle on it. It's going to get worse. There is no one that's going to, there is no um, immunization to deliver you. There's no uh, cure to, to, to protect you. How do you think that you're going to be protected? This is exact. that's the right. bully. That's the Scud Farkas yes. of the story coming at us trying to incite. And so I want to give you bully tactics. The bully tactic, I've got three of them for you. Bully tactic number one is very simply intimidation. And this is exactly what this king was coming at Hezekiah and all of the people of Jerusalem. What he was saying is he's saying, nobody's been able to deliver anybody out of my hand. And I am so bad. There's nobody that's going to be able to deliver you. So he's telling them all of these stories, trying to intimidate them. And intimidation is simply deceiving you into believing that you have no power. That's what a bully does. That's what coming into our living room through the news. Everybody is speaking of this and telling us you have no power. You have no control. You can't do anything. That's Scud Farkas coming (laughs) right into our living room, standing in front of us, bullying us. It's intimidation. Bully tactic number one. It's lies to make you feel helpless, hopeless, and powerless. Man. Anytime you feel like I am helpless, hopeless, and powerless, you got a Scud Farkas standing in front right. of you. That's, so that's just what that's what a bully does. Bully tactic number one, intimidation. You ever been intimidated, Josh?
1: Yeah, and it's not always a pleasant experience. Like you just don't know what it's what it's gonna do and it, it just rises up. I think sometimes even being a dad, like with right. my little boy, there's things that that try to come on and,
0: yes. and and
1: instantly try to intimidate you, and you just have to remember that God is so much better.
0: Oh, that's so okay. You're you're leading us right where that was so good. He didn't even know I was to do that, <laughs> and this is right where we're going. A bully tactic number two. Number one is intimidation. Bully tactic number two is threats. Let's skip down to verse 17 and 18, and I'm reading out of the Amplified because that's who I am. Bully tactic <laughs> number two: threats. Starting in verse 17, in Second Chronicles 32, it says this. The Assyrian king, Scudfarkas, also wrote letters insulting um, the Lord, the yeah. God of Israel, and speaking against him, saying, "As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of my hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of my hand." Verse 18. And they shouted it loudly in the Jewish language to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten and terrify them that they might take the city. Here's the thing is a bully knows how to speak your language. The bully comes with threats but the bully is going to speak in a language that you understand. And Josh, it's exactly what you just said. When you are feeling that as a parent, yeah. because the enemy knows where your heart is most tender. Yeah. The enemy knows, wow. here's a language that I can speak. I can speak a threat against their children, and it's going to make them feel frightened and terrified. I can speak a threat yeah. against their health, and it's going to make them feel frightened and terrified wherever that place is. And the enemy listens. He's listening to our words. He's listening to our conversations and he's watching because he's watching and he's saying, you know, are they isolating themselves in a way that, that they're not doing it out of wisdom? Are they isolating themselves out of fear? Are they hoarding up out of fear? Are they doing things to respond to this? And the enemy is watching this happen, and he starts yelling things at you in the language that you speak.
1: I think finances, too, because in fear, it drives, you make stupid choices and go buy a bunch of stuff you don't need and and cause really financial problems, too, where it's, it's already... That's man, that's, man. A, that's okay. A good word. That's so
0: good, Josh. I have that written down. So, is your language worry over finances? Is yeah. your language wow. fear of failure? What is the language that the enemy is speaking to you? <clears throat> is your language a fear and an anxiety about stepping out and doing something new? Because, what if you fail and look foolish in front of other people? Is your anxiety a fear about the future? Or do you you think about the future and you're you're looking into the future and you're thinking worst case scenario or or you're thinking, I don't know what the future looks like. And so that's That's the language that the enemy is going to start yelling at you to incite, to frighten you and to terrify you. Is your language... Uh, fear of being alone. You know, we're being told uh, right now about social isolation to help spread the virus. I understand the wisdom in that. And there is wisdom in that, but there are people that when we get isolated and we don't have other people around us, you know, the scripture says that iron sharpens iron. So when we are pulling ourselves away from people and we're not putting ourselves in, in places where we can have conversations of faith and conversations of building each other up, the enemy uses that and starts hurling things at you to try and bring fear and it's just simply tactic number two of a bully. Tactic number one intimidation. Tactic number two is threats. Tactic number three that a bully uses is he's a poser.
1: Oh yeah. They all are. (laughs) They all are. They're all bullies.
0: Those kids picking on you about your shoes, Josh. If they weren't if they weren't
1: watching, I'd call them posers. Okay, yeah. But they're watching. So just just make the reference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Scud Farkas was a poser the minute that Ralphie decided, you know what? I'm tired of being pushed around. Ralphie tackled Scud and pushed him down in the snow and sat on top of him and just wailed. Now, I'm not not saying that you should attack people physically. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, there's one in the peanut gallery going, what the heck? I thought we were going to get to beat somebody up. No, what I'm saying is that's what we do to the enemy in the spirit realm. Bully tactic number three is a poser. The way I define that is that it's not really a threat unless you allow him to be one. Wow. That's what a poser is. That's so good. That person, they're not, that bully isn't really a threat unless you make him a threat by giving him your power. So the only power that a bully has is the power that you give him. When you give your power away, now a bully has power. When you give your peace of mind, when you give your love away, when you are not walking in peace and love and a sound mind, you've given your power away to a bully. So, do you want to know how to defeat a bully, Josh?
1: That would be awesome, because that's that's like today. We're giving, like everything is... is is trying to take that yes. from fear, That's especially. Right.
0: That's right. So let's talk about how to defeat a bully. Yes. Besides tackling him in the snow and sitting on <laughs> top of him and ground and pound, we're going to give some actual spiritual tools how to handle a bully. So when you go back up in Second Chronicles 32, go back up a few verses. And here's what Hezekiah did at the very beginning of this attack from this bully is he brought all of the people together and he gave them the very words that we need to be pulling on today. God is so good. God, God knows. And that's yeah. the thing that's so amazing is God's word is timeless. It doesn't matter the culture. It doesn't matter the time. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's timeless. God's word is always true. Right. So Second Chronicles 32, verses 7 and 8, Hezekiah speaks to the people truth. Here's how. You defeat a bully is with the truth. And this is the truth that Hezekiah speaks. He says, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria between Scudfarkas and all the horde that is with him. For there is another. And if you notice that another is capitalized. He says, there is another with us greater than all those with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord, our God, to help us and to fight our battles. It is so important (coughs) that we realize today that we are not left defenseless, that we are not left hopeless, that we are not left helpless, and that we are not left powerless. God fights our battles. Just like Ralphie. He's been intimidated. He's been threatened by a poser and he rises up and the whole storyline changes because desperate time and difficult situations are the perfect setup for a shift to take place. And that is what is about to happen. We are being set up for a shift. Um,
1: Man, that's, that's good. Go. That's so good. No, that's just a shift. (laughs) Like, That's so good.
0: (laughs) It's time, it's that Kairos moment where we are giving God our Kronos. We're giving God our time. We're not, and, and again, it, there's balance because we want to be informed. We want to have wisdom, but we're not giving all of our time to sitting and watching the news run the same stories over and over and over right. again about the coronavirus, about the spread. We need to be informed. We want to be part of the solution. The best way we can be part of the solution is actually saying, God, what are you wanting me to give my yes. time? What are you wanting me to give yes. my chronos to right now? Because I want to be in position for the Kairos. I want to be in place when the bully is about ready for a beatdown. Do you remember that show? There was a show on MTV that was called Bully Beatdown. It was an amazing (laughs) show. We're in position for a bully beatdown right now, Josh. It's time for a bully beatdown. There is a Kairos moment getting ready to take place and you and I are positioned as the church, not the building, the people that are the church of God. We are in position for the Kairos moment for you and I to step yes. in and stop listening to all of this stuff that's going on and repeating it. Your children are hearing this over and over yes. and over. We need to be speaking what God is saying at the beginning of the year. I said, this is the decade of declaration. You guys, this is a time we have been set up for this. And when we're hearing these things coming into our living room, we need to be declaring the word of God. Our children need to hear us declaring the word of God. Our coworkers need to hear us declaring the word of God. I tell you, I hear it all the time from my, because I'm surrounded by people of faith and everybody's saying, It's fear. It's fear. They're promoting fear. They're promoting fear. That's true. But it's like standing up and saying, they're shooting at us. They're shooting at us. That may be true, but what do we do? Let's give a solution. Let's begin to declare the answer. So here's what happens. When a Kairos moment takes place, that Kairos moment takes place first in the spiritual realm, Josh. First, it takes place in the spiritual right. realm, and then it translates over into the natural realm. And let me show you how that happened in Second Chronicles. Here we go. This is man. This is the, this is the moment of the bully beatdown. Are you ready? Second Chronicles 32 and verse 20. It says this. For this cause, the cause of the bully, the king coming and threatening, threatening the people, like coming against God, speaking words against God, trying to belittle God, talking and throwing insults at the people of Jerusalem for having faith in God, throwing insults at Hezekiah. For this cause, this is what we're about to hear, for this cause... Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. What did they do, Josh?
1: They prayed prayed and and they cried
0: to heaven. Verse 21. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria, in the camp of Scudfarkas. So the Assyrian king returned. This, This is so good. This is scripture. The king of Assyria returned with shamed face to his own land. And when he came into the house of his God, not our God, his God, when he came into the house of his God, little G, they who were his own offspring slew him there with a sword, bully, beat down, By his own pow, keys. like that, like like a pow, like that, just right there. Verse twenty-two. Thus, the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Scudfarces, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies, and he guided them on every side. He guided them on every side, Josh. It yeah. doesn't, I mean, he showed them, here's where I want you yeah. to go. Here's where I'm leading you into safety. Here's where I'm leading you into health. Here's where I'm leading you into provision. Here's where I'm leading you to find toilet paper. God guided them <laughs> on every side. Amen?
1: That's <laughs> that awesome.
0: was a Kairos <laughs> moment. A shift took place, but where did it take place first, Josh?
1: And them, it, in the spirit. It took
0: place in the spirit by them. Praying. praying
1: and crying out.
0: Yes. Today is yes. a
1: national day of prayer. And yes. our people are at home and the Holy Spirit is that angel, I feel like, and that's just yes. like that just downloaded. So.
0: Yes, yes, yes. When that shift happened and yes. Hezekiah and the prophet prayed, what happened is that prayer yes. started the shift happening. That prayer created in the spirit realm what needed to take place in order for the shift to take place in the spirit, in the, in the natural realm. You and I are the That's ones... Good who create the shift because we are the church. We are the children of God. We are the ones with the power of God on the inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Let us. I remind you to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The very Spirit (laughs) that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is on the inside of us. What are we doing with that Spirit? it in this time, in desperate times and difficult situations, what are you doing with the Holy Spirit? Let's just bring it right down and personal. It can't we can't put it off on somebody else. Yes. We can't wait for yes. someone else to do it. Right. I love the Come quote from William on. Booth that says, "I'm not waiting yes. on a move of God. I am yes. a move of God." You are the move of God that is the one that is going to create the shift in the spiritual environment, in the spiritual realm, that's going to create that point where something changes, something happens, and it takes place, and it moves this from being a global pandemic to a global outpouring of the glory of God. It's when the church rises up and brings that power that raises the dead, that kills those things that are not of God. It's when we step into that, Josh, that's when things shift. That's when things, the peanut gallery is with me here in the church. All right. So what we're going to do, here it is, Psalms 56, this is another one, and I'm going to read this one out of the Passion Translation. Psalm 56, in verse 9 and in verse 10, it says, the very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. I trust in the Lord and I praise him. I trust in the word of God and I praise him. This says here the very moment I call for a father's help. The tide of battle, that shift takes place. It's that Kairos moment, that appointed moment, being in the right place at the right time, praying to God creates a shift in the atmosphere that we're going to see translate into the natural realm. And we're going to see those things turn, Josh. And just like you were saying, this is our president has asked for us to all join together as a nation in prayer today. And so we want to take, before we get off of here today, we want to take that opportunity to join as a nation in prayer, and so wherever you're at in your living room, you know I don't know. The Bible tells us that um, we can anoint things with oil, and that there is a, that the the yeah. the anointing oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say right now, I want to, I just want to encourage you. If you got cooking oil, if you got motor oil, I don't care. If you got anointing <laughs> oil, that's great. Go out to your car. I know of yes. an instance where a man went out and got the the dipstick out of his yes. truck and wiped yes. his finger and got oil off the Dips it goes, you needed some oil. I'm gonna say, get some come oil on, and anoint your doorposts. Get some oil and anoint one another in your family. Yes. Get that mortal oil and smear it all over their forehead and see yeah. how they like that. So
1: <laughs> yeah, be there for a Right?
0: Week. So we may feel like we're in a desperate time in a difficult situation, but this is the perfect setup for a Kairos moment.
1: Yeah. This Thank is you, the Jesus. perfect
0: opportunity for a divine moment. Because we are in a time of declaring the promises of God. We knew this at the beginning of the year. This is the decade of declaration. And it's not enough for us to just say it's a fear tactic. It's a fear tactic. Right. We have to be declaring what the word of God right. says. That's so this so is good. what we're going to do right now. We're going to speak. And I brought, this is why, this is why it's a double Bible day. is because I brought my Passion Translation Bible Every Bible has Psalm 91 in it. I just happen to like the Passion Translation one. Um, And so I want you to get your Bibles, and I want you to turn to Psalm 91. See, again, Josh is highlighted. It's very colorful. (laughs) I got it all in there, right? I got the Post-it notes. I got everything. I even wrote on it with pink pen. If it's got pink pen and a heart next to it in my Bible, that means it's, like, really good. (laughs) Okay. So this is what we're going to do. Yes. We're going to pray Psalm 91 together. And what that means is we're going to declare the word of God. And when we declare this, yes. we are going to declare this over ourselves. We're going to speak this over ourselves, and we're going to speak this over our household. We're going to speak this over our community. We're going to speak this over our schools. We're going to speak this over our county, over our state. We're speaking this over our nation. We are speaking this over all of our leaders at this time. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would give our leaders wisdom. I pray, Father, that this nation is not a nation that is led by fear, but this nation is a nation that is led in wisdom. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would clearly give our leaders wisdom. I pray, Father, globally, I pray that there would be a drawing of leaders globally to the throne room of God. I pray that there would be leaders running to the Father for wisdom. I pray that people would be searching. People are searching right now. And we need to be filling the air with the word of God. We need to be speaking the word. So Father, as our governmental leaders in this nation and around the world are being filled with your wisdom, God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ for a Kairos moment to take place today. That there is a shift in the spirit realm because of all of the believers that are praying, that there is a shift that takes place today in the spirit realm. And we will see that shift manifest itself into the natural realm. And we declare in the name of Jesus that coronavirus has no authority in the body of Christ. We declare that the coronavirus must die. We speak death to anything that would try to come and invade to steal kill and destroy. Jesus said that I came that they would have life and that they would have it in abundance. And right now, if there is anybody listening that is not given your life to Jesus Christ, now is a perfect time for you to do that. He said, I'm not here to be a a tyrant. He's here for you to have life and have it in abundance. God loves you so much that he gave his son That whoever would believe in him would not perish. That word would not perish, would not fall to anything that would come against them, but that they would have life and that they would have abundant. That anyone who gives their life to Jesus Christ, that my son came, that they would not perish. that that they would have life and have it in abundance. Today is a great day for salvation. Today is a great day for you to give your life to God. And Father, as people are praying all over, Father, we speak this. And if you are together in your home, I want you to put your hands on one another right now. I want you to, if you've got your Bible in front of you, if you're watching with you and, and Father God right now, I want you to put your hands on your heart. And I want you to receive this And if you have your Bibles open, if you've got your Passion Translation open, you know what? Speak it along with me. Let that fill your home. Let this fill the atmosphere that you're in right now. Psalm 91 in the Passion Translation says this. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me. And my great confidence, he will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. Father, we declare that in Jesus' name. And he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive that and we declare that in Jesus' name. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have a fear of spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. That is an instruction in Jesus' name. We will not fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, when thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed in Jesus' name. You will be a spectator. As the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. God, we pray that this coronavirus just turn back on itself and it start destroying itself in Jesus name. Um, where was I? There we go. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect yes. us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you whenever you go, wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. This is the declaration today in the name of Jesus. Because... You have delighted in me as my great lover. I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your, your cry pray. for help every, every time, time you pray. pray, and you will find and feel yes. my presence even in your time of pressure yes. and trouble. Yes. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. Yes. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, and for you will enjoy the fullness of of my yes, salvation. Thank you, thank you Father, Father. We thank you that today the bully yes, is Lord. defeated, yes. that fear is rendered powerless, that we yes, will not Lord. be intimidated, we will not be threatened, and the poser of fear is rendered inoperative in yes. our lives today we will not listen to the voice of fear anymore yes, in jesus name we Thank release you, this in our homes yes. across our community yes. across our country and globally today Thank in you, the Father. name of jesus christ Thank amen you, amen Amen, joshua amen, amen and amen and amen man this is god's time it's, it's god's it's time. perfect it is it's god's time i tell you what josh we got we, we are positioned. We are in perfect position to see that Cairo shift right yeah. now. Right now. So I want to, I don't want us to get off of here. Hang with us. Josh has got some really important information. as CW, if you guys didn't tune in, Saturday night service, man, it was so good. I so loved what good. CW said. This generation of high school students... We can complain about them, and I hear a lot of complaining about them, but what are we doing to empower them? And, man, you guys have got a powerful group of students. These students, I'm telling you, they're like lightning bugs. Their butts are on fire. They are amazing. So you've got some exciting stuff. We want to be part of equipping that generation of people. We want to be a part of empowering our high school young adults to take back this nation, exactly what we were just praying. So tell me what you guys have got going on.
1: So as as some of you have heard, we're doing a – we have the opportunity to take our high school kids to Dallas, Texas for a Power and Love Take Back Your Campus conference with Todd White. It's in June. Uh, Some of you have already told me that I'm crazy for taking a group of high school students on airplanes to a different state. (laughs) Uh, some of us have a few marbles less than others, but we're okay with that. So we get the opportunity to take them there. Uh, our our goal is to have the trip paid for in fundraising. Our kids are there serving. Our kids have been um, in our back room. There's been days where I've had kids on their faces uh, during worship and prayer, okay. and kids just getting words from, from, I feel like, the throne room of heaven that just ties in to our trip. And it's funny because we've got a couple kids that are really quiet, and, and a few weeks ago, I asked our kids. I've made every single one of them pray. And I'm like, they're just going to literally say thank you, Jesus, and, and be done. And the ones that don't say anything literally brought fire from heaven. Yes. And it's so cool to see, um, you know, just last week we had one of our high school girls. And I was in here, and you you asked her to pray for somebody. <laughs> and, and a couple months ago, she she wouldn't have done it, and and she did. And, and they pray straight the heart of God. And, and we've had... Um, a kid last year, like just, just the hearts of our, our high school kids. So you see that there is something different. There is something better. We had baptisms last year and he was supposed to have a football game and he came to our men's group that morning and he's like, well, I want a Bible. I want to learn how to read it. I want to learn how to understand it. So we got him a Bible, a study Bible, started going through it. And he's like, well, I feel like I'm supposed to be baptized, but I have a football game. He said, what should I do? I said, man, I said, I can't make that call for you. I said, how important do you feel it is? And that afternoon, I got a text message from him, and he said he'd be here. He said, I'll be at baptisms. He said, I called my coach, and I'm not going to my football game. And, I mean, we have kids at schools that are okay with not having friends because they're inviting them to FCA and and fellowship of Christian students. And these kids are bold, and they're ready to run. And so this opportunity for us is just another, another tool in their belt. We felt like... It's, it's our purpose to establish them, to equip them, but not just to equip them and let them not do anything, but to empower them to run. And I, I feel that it's the hands of our kids that, that we're going to have people healed and we're going to see miracles yes. and we're going to see signs and wonders, but we have to give them those tools to do that. We have to allow them to do something that we've never really done before. We've never taken a group of kids to a different state, but knowing and expecting and believing i've had faith from the get-go that this is completely paid for that we don't have to worry uh we've already told the kids that whatever we raise for tithing to our home church but then we're also taking 10 percent with us to tithe to that ministry and, and to be a blessing to people as we go out so there's parts of the conference that we have to sign a waiver that there's actually outreach um that we have to go out and pray for people and and my heart is to find a, a single mom or to find somebody that's hurting that not only can we pray for, but our kids can see the, the instant blessing of maybe, yes. maybe they can hand them a $100 bill yes. that, that really changes their life. Yeah, that's so, so good, Josh. We have a fundraiser coming up, and I think they're going to put the picture up. If not, it's, it's on our website, n3c.tv, and we're doing a, a pull for the youth sporting clays shoot. So what that is is it's sporting clays out at Great Guns. The fundraiser's is taking uh, – place on April 25th and registrations went live this last Friday. So registrations are up on our website. Uh, Registration is $125 or there's a VIP registration for $175, but there's only 125 spots total.
0: That's
1: not very many. No, it's going to fill up quick and there's only 20 VIP spots. So if, if you feel that you are worthy of that, then spend the extra 50 bucks. But there's also a sponsorship tab um, I've had a lot, of, a lot of families and businesses ask how they could sponsor, so we've got a sponsorship tab on our website as well, and that starts at $300, and then there's a $700 option that includes a team of four guys, and it's, it's awesome that we just get to host and really use it to fundraise for our kids, but it's an opportunity being open to the public yes. that our kids can serve the community, and we might make relationships that people that have been hurt by church, uh, people that work with people, from our church, they may come back. And I that's mean, our hope is that it's it's a, kind of a community outreach. The community. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And
0: the kids are going to be there that yep. day serving. I call them yep. kids. You I, I do too.
1: They're, they're my kids. They're your no, kids, no, aren't they? They'll be there. Um, that's something that we've kind of made mandatory. There's one or two that have, had already had trips planned, but it is mandatory. And I, I challenge you guys if you're there, and I've put this in emails that are going out, I challenge you guys to find a kid that's going and just ask them what they expect to get and i think it'll surprise you i mean their their hearts so much are on fire and they're seeing things in their schools and in our communities and there's there's fear i mean our kids don't believe in this stuff and the fear but that's everything around them so it's it's an awesome opportunity to to get to partners with with our church and let our kids run
0: you know something i feel like is really important i've seen i've seen video of this conference yeah. and it's these high school kids all coming together yeah. and they're going to be in an arena yeah. with thousands of kids that are thousands of young adults that are passionate on fire right. going after god big time in a big way and so when we send these young adults they're they might not they might be the you know the ones that are Different in their school. They might be the ones that are different on their their team at school. But when they get to go and be in this arena with thousands of other kids from across the nation, maybe from across the world, and they get to be in that environment together, how encouraging and how empowering is that going to be that they get to see, you know what, I'm not the one that is different. I'm the one that is bringing life and light because look how much life is in this place, and they're gonna. I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a Kairos moment for our young adults yeah. for sure, for sure. So they can register for the shoot yep. at n3c.tv, yep. right? And then there's also you said there's a sponsorship tab, so there is. maybe if I'm not necessarily. Um, <laughs> a marksman, (laughs) I can, I can just go on and I can be a financial sponsor for, for these young adults to get to go on this trip. So it's not a burden on their families for them to get to go. They're going to bring the power back. Right. And
1: and it, and it is, and and the sponsorship's great. Uh, We're willing to, there's some things included and we'll post those flyers on social media, but it's an opportunity. And I've told, I've told pastor Greg and I've told pastor Darren and Lynette that I really feel like this is a catapult for our church and for our community and, and I've kind of said it in a bold statement and maybe corrected at some point if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's a time for us to be prepared. And if we're not ready when our kids come back, that some of us are going to be left in the dust and, and we're just going to watch our kids go blazing past us. So that's my heart and, and passion behind it. And Let's they're, get ready. they're ready. Let's, Let's get run. Ready. Let's run. Let's get ready.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Josh. So you have any, you want to close us out?
1: I'll close us. So close us out. Uh, next week we have Pastor Greg up here. And he will be up, which will be awesome. Pastor Greg will be up. Uh, C-Dub will be back up Saturday. And I highly recommend, and this is my commercial for, for any Saturdays, I, I recommend coming because it's, it's a different environment, it's a different message, and it really is the equipping phase. Like, you can be equipped in here, but there's activation and things like that. But last night, C-Dub talked on the orphan spirit and, and stage one of that and what that looked like in his life and then for him to bring that, too, he's, he's talked with me a little bit, and I know where he's going next week. And I promise you it, it would be well worth your time. It's okay to come to church more than once. I, I would recommend being here on Saturday and listening to that because I know his heart. I know where he's come from, and he shared where he's going with his message next week and highly recommend that. And then, like I said, Pastor Greg will be up. Uh, we don't pass a plate. He, now it's kind of hard. There's like five people here, so it wouldn't be effective anyway. <laughs> But we do. We do. If you partner with us financially, there's an opportunity online n3c.tv, and you can give your gifts, your your ties, your offerings, everything there, so you don't have to worry about that. But one important thing I want to mention is we typically have a prayer team up that's here. But but really in this time, that if you guys have a need for prayer, if you guys are reaching out, or if you're seeking people to stand in agreement with you, if you're seeking for people to to pray for you because you don't know what to pray or to help you in that. Uh, there's a couple options. So on our website at n3c.tv, there's actually a section that you can send prayer requests. And so if you have that there, send it there. And if you don't, if you can't do that, you can send an email to info at n3c.tv with those prayer requests. Because we really, in this time, want to come together as a family and as a yeah. church and be partnering with you guys, whatever that is. But as this shift happens, I don't, I don't feel that it's just healing and change from coronavirus. I think. That there's a lot of things that shift yes. in living rooms and in families, yes. and it's interesting I was talking to C. Dub yes. last night that what we need is to know that it's okay to pursue God outside of the building Amen. and so so that's to be right. able to pursue God at home with our families and be vulnerable, but I feel like people can be healed in this moment yes. from from disease that's so, that the doctors say is life-threatening that's and right. and so that's if right. there is prayer requests, if there's praise reports, send praise reports too. Because your testimony will build hope in somebody else. So with that, we just we love you guys. We thank you so much for joining us today. And just tune in next week and we'll be back up. And, and you guys have an incredible day. And don't live in fear, but walk out to your faith.
0: Amen.